Hi everyone, welcome back to Model Student. I'm your host, Alexandra Rain, and on today's episode, we have the one and only Steph Kirk. She is so, so, so fun to work with. She's a photographer, and we've been able to work with a lovely brand called James Street, which you all should definitely check out. This isn't sponsored, I'm just obsessed with them. My friend Gretchen works for them, and Steph often shoots for them and I've been able to model for them um several times and anyways anytime that I get to work with Steph I'm like over the moon so excited like schoolgirl giddy because she's so fun to be around and she's also um an incredibly successful and insightful and willing to share all of that information with you guys so Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. As always, please leave a proper rating and review. Um, also, as a disclaimer, there is... I'm not sure where it came from, <laughs> but there's like a banging sound. It must have been construction or something while we were recording. Um, it's just in the first bit of the episode, and then it fades away by the end of it. So I apologize in advance, but nonetheless, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Already I'm giggling. Um, Stephanie, Steph Kirk, <laughs> welcome to Model Student, my dear. Um, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm always excited when I can see you, but... Oh my gosh, likewise. Literally the first time I saw you, I'm like, this is the most magical year oh I've ever spent every second with you ever in my life. <laughs> well, same. You're such a fun, like, photographer. Like, you just really hype everyone up. And, like, oh, thank you. which on set is very validating and reassuring. Yeah. I'm uh, so glad. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, you're a photographer, as we know. But before we get into the you know <laughs> photography the yeah the nitty-gritty um it, will you just introduce yourself like fun facts how old you are if you please like first yeah. day of school kind of vibe first day of school okay so my first my favorite color is black yeah. <laughs> dressed in all black <laughs> just literally yeah it. um well, I was born in Utah County, so I was born in Provo, grew up in Orem, and then moved to Linden. So I just kept city hopping a little bit more and more north. Um, but yeah, I grew up in like Mormonville, like in the thick of that Utah County bubble. Yeah. Um, and I grew up with two older sisters and okay. one of my dad. And I love photography, like, ever since I was a kid. I just did it as a hobby, and my dad gave me his old film camera when I was, um, I want to say, like, six or seven. I was, like, pretty young. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I would just, like, go around my neighborhood and just take pictures of random things. Like, they weren't good. Like, looking back, at they're not good pictures. Yeah. Just, like, a picture of, like, a bus tire and, like, a hose wrapped up on the lawn. And, like, yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, just dumb things like that. But I just fell so in love with photography because, like, I loved the film aspect of it, of yeah. taking a picture, not knowing how it's going to turn out, taking it to go get developed, and then just, like, hoping and praying that it turned out okay. Yeah. And just, like, it just felt magical in the sense of, like, I don't know what I'm in for, and I hope that this turned out okay. Totally. And then 
in junior high and high school, I ended up taking film classes okay. where we had a dark room and we were able to develop our own film and that just like solidified it even more for me because I loved working with all of the chemicals and just like watching images appear like in the chemicals as you're like washing it over them. It just felt like I was on a different planet or something because you're just like in this red room that's like moody and aesthetic and it just feels like it just felt like an oasis from real life for yeah. me. And so I think, yeah, photography has just always been such a magical thing for me that I've just continued to pursue. And high school came around and I still did more classes. But I would say for the majority of it, I am self-taught when it comes to like style and yeah. how to compose a picture. And I mean, I can't say totally self-taught because my sisters, my older sisters did photography just like as a hobby too and I'm just very lucky because they were super inclusive of me even though I was so much younger yeah my middle sister she's six years older than me and my oldest sister is nine years older than me okay and so whenever they would go out and take pictures with each other they would always invite me and they would like take pictures of me and I take pictures of them and it was back when myspace was was a thing yeah and so we would upload it to myspace and I mean, I didn't have my space. I was literally like nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Time, but um, I just remember people being like, "You guys are so mean. Like, you guys are weird." Blah blah. And now it's literally what everyone does. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. So I just grew up doing that with my sisters, and it just became very natural to me because I just kind of copied what they were doing. So I can't say totally self-taught, but. Uh, for the most part, I didn't really learn anything in my high school classes. It was more just like, oh, I need an art credit. I'm going to do photography. Totally. Thing. Outside yeah. of photography, what are your hobbies? What are my hobbies? Okay. Yeah, like, do you are, are do you like to read? Are you a reader or not so much? I, during COVID, I became a reader. Yeah, I feel like that, honestly, I feel like a lot of people were readers as a kid, and then, like, social media came around, and... Yeah. <laughs> but then COVID came and then I feel like everyone started reading again which mm-hmm. I mean I love but I feel like we I mean we all became readers because we were trying to escape our reality too. for sure like, well yeah because you you would go on social media and you'd be seeing like it wouldn't it wasn't the same like curated fun it was like oh okay <laughs> we're all at yeah. home and we're all at home and just fighting with each other and yeah. learning yeah yeah Totally. So what are, what are some of your favorite books then? So my boyfriend has actually got me into fantasy novels right now. Oh my gosh. I used to be like huge into self-help and like I went through like a very Eastern like yoga, like what's it called? I went through a phase. Yeah. (laughs) Because I grew up Mormon, left Mormonism and I needed some type of spirituality to kind of like transition. For sure. Like, yeah, so I was reading a lot of books from like gurus and things like that. And um, it was before I started going to therapy. So it, that mm. in itself was like my therapy. Yeah. Um, but now I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I just want to feel light. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I've done the healing and now I just want to have fun yeah. in my life. And like, 
I, yeah, so my boyfriend got me into like high fantasy novels because he's in a book group actually where they all have denim jackets. Oh my gosh. And every time that they finish a book together as a book group, yeah. they'll design a custom patch having to do with that book and they'll Cute. put it on their denim jacket. So they'll go out to a, like a restaurant or a bar and they all show up and they're like patch filled denim That's jacket. That's so cute. That's <laughs> so awesome. So I'm just following in his footsteps, but yeah, you'll have, finished. you'll have the jacket soon and you'll have all the patches. <laughs> you won't, they're like no girls allowed. I mean, not really. There's yeah. girls in there. Like, we're like, we need some things outside of each other because For sure. my boyfriend lived together. We work together. We like yeah. spend every second of our lives together. So I'm like, we need hobbies outside of each other. So book club is his thing, which is, I'm glad he has that thing. But yeah. I'm just like sneakily reading the books behind the scenes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> You're the unofficial member. Yeah. So I just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses series. Okay. And I'm obsessed. I loved it. I never thought I would be into fantasy novels, but here I am. Yeah. And I am currently reading, I went back into self-help. Okay. And I'm currently reading adult children of emotionally unavailable parents. <laughs> yeah. Emotionally immature parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're just diving deep into like the healing aspect again. For sure. No, I mean, that's, like, could be the title of my second memoir. (laughs) Like, that's, that's it. I, yeah. Love it. It encapsulates everything perfectly. No, I'm like, this is, yeah, a little too close to home. Um, So, other than books, hobbies, like, I I love, I actually am curious, I love asking photographers, because I feel like they know a bit better, or, I don't know, what are some of your favorite movies? My favorite movies. Like a top um, three, because I know it's hard. Top movie. I, that's a good question. <laughs> I used to be really into movies, but not so much anymore because I feel like I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm just editing my life away. Yeah. Um, I would say it, it's this foreign film called Adariba. I'm okay. butchering the hell out of that, but... It translates to a drift, and it's basically just a coming-of-age story of this girl who's Portuguese, and her parents are having issues, and she's, like, on vacation, and I won't, like, get away the whole movie, but it was just really, like, relatable and something I needed at the time when I saw it, and the cinematography and how it's shot is just so beautiful because as a photographer, I'm so drawn to anything that's aesthetically beautiful yeah obviously good story is a plus but yeah I just such a visual person and I think it was one of the first movies that I saw growing up that was like an aesthetic beautifully made movie where I was like oh whoa like I didn't know movies could be like this for sure so it's a top movie for me in that aspect of it was a little bit life-changing for me yeah yeah awesome okay I had to I just wanted I feel like um with anything like creative or like especially like the fashion industry I feel like it can become like quite an echo chamber of like this is it this is what I do and like Sid do you know Sid Walker yeah yeah okay well I've met her I know her sister more Kendall yeah Um, yeah yeah. but I've met Sid a couple of times when I'm not super close with her but she seems so awesome she's my favorite person ever in this world but Mm -hmm. she's like somebody that's very grounding for me to talk to because she models as well and she was on the podcast 
and she said like it's so important to have a hobby outside of work and like outside of totally I because I mean you know how it is I feel like it can be very ego driven and very um like comparison just comes up so naturally and like you know but anyway so I always I'm trying to ask my guests what they do outside of their work because I just as like a little yeah a little humanizing (laughs) I mean it's so hard because I mean what was once my hobby became my career yeah totally and so balancing that out has been really difficult because when you turn your outlet into something that is now stress-filled and in trade Mm. for money yeah it takes the outlet of it out yeah no a hundred percent so I definitely I mean I've almost quit photography many times because Mm. it's been my vice for so long yeah and it took me a long time to be able to get into the niche and the flow of things for me to enjoy it again yeah um so I guess during COVID I got back into rock climbing yeah and so I love going to rock climbing gym um I haven't been recently because I got COVID in November and I just like exercising isn't the same since it's been really hard but I just love the rock climbing community yeah um I love music I used to spend every Sunday growing up just searching for music and making playlists for friends and I love that I feel like I was like the go-to friend to like DJ and like take ox and whatever which was stressful yeah no so much pressure but at the same time like I love it I just yeah yeah, I've always been really really drawn to music because it's it's been a huge inspiration for my work personally too so for sure so I'm curious so with the timeline like you started I'm so impressed that you started with a film camera when you were like six (laughs) years old (laughs) that's amazing but um then you said you took classes throughout junior high and high school and you had sisters who did it and it sounds like I'm assuming your dad was into it as well when did it like transition from being like a hobby and like taking pictures of like bus tires (laughs) to monetizing it and making it a career like when did that when did you start taking it quote-unquote seriously um, I would say my senior year of high school. So that would be 2013 to 2014. Okay. Um, also, I'm 25. I don't, I remember you asked me my age, so I'm 25. It's no, weird perfect. that I graduated eight years ago. I'm still in my brain. I'm like, it was two years ago. But For sure. Eight years. Um, but yeah, my senior year, I had friends. Um, I would just shoot friends for fun. Like we yeah. would go up in the mountains and do what everyone else did. I know. I was just going to say, I have the image. I can see, yeah. like, the little the Cottonwood cannons. County, like, influencers were starting to be a thing. Yeah. And I just, like, friends with all those people. And Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was taking portraits of people for fun anyways. And then senior year, um, actually, I think it was my junior year, I had some of my senior friends start asking me to take their senior portraits. Yeah. And my junior year, I was doing it for free because I was like, I can't charge money for this. Like, yeah. I'm just some kid in high school. Like, it wasn't, re- it didn't feel like a real thing to me, like that it could be a career that I could make money doing because my style wasn't wedding photography. And that was like the thing that I thought you had to do to make money, especially sure. in Utah. So I never thought at that point that I would do it as a career. Um, but, and then senior year happened, more and more people kept asking me to do it. 
And so I started charging, I think I charged like $75 and yeah. like just like barely anything. But like at the time it felt so expensive. I'm like, how did my friends end up affording this? And yeah. it was just like, it was scary. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I'm good enough to be doing this. And yeah. kind of felt like I got looped into it. And um, the year that I graduated that summer, um, one of my sister's friends reached out to me because she was a wedding photographer okay. and she was going to be a bridesmaid in her sister-in-law's wedding. So she asked me if I would be a second shooter in the wedding okay. um, to just take the pictures that she was going to be in. So yeah. I was like, this is a perfect way to just dip my toes in. For sure. Um, see if it's something I want to do. And also... I want to see what it's like to shoot a wedding, but it's like the perfect no pressure way to do it. So I was excited. She said I was going to be paid $400. And I was like, oh my gosh, $400 just to take a couple of pictures. Like, yeah, this is insane. This is incredible. Bing bong. She tricked me. (laughs) And I ended up shooting the entire wedding. Not like the entire wedding, but wedding day. Like all of the group pictures and all of the behind the scenes, yeah. and like the style pictures and like reception and all the things. She still did like the portraits of the couples just by themselves and stuff. But majority of the time, she put me in charge to like be rallying everyone together mm-hmm. and like doing all the things. And I'm like, I was 17 when I graduated. I graduated early. So I'm this little 17 year old girl who has anxiety and a panic disorder. And <laughs> Sorry, not church. laughing at that. You know, just like I understand. No, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For um, sure. But yeah, and then junior, not junior, I think the year after I graduated, I want to say 2016. Okay. I got an internship to a local photography studio that's around here. Cool. Um, and I was going to do photography um, with them, just kind of help with behind the scenes and things like that. And um, I ended up getting looped into being a social media manager for them. <laughs> which I was not qualified to do at all. I was just friends with people who were becoming influencers at the time. Yeah. And I'm a very aesthetic person. So I had a feed that looked kind of curated. Yeah. Uh, And so during my interview, that was supposed to be a photography internship. They asked me, they're like, Oh, we heard that you have a really awesome Instagram. And I was like, Oh, thanks. And I should put this by saying, I was really excited to get this internship because I wanted to start taking photography seriously, but I knew I didn't want to do weddings. So I was excited to work with this media company because they were shooting like magazine articles and billboards. And it was very like commercial driven and they were doing fashion editorials and things Mm -hmm. like that, where I was like, I had no idea you could do this in Utah. So I was so, so excited. Totally. Fast forward interview, they're like, We heard you have a good Instagram. And I was like, Shoot. Because I was See trying it so slipping. Hard to the Instagram bubble. Yeah. I didn't want to be an Instagram photographer. I wanted to be mm. shooting for both. Like, I yeah. wanted to be doing awesome things like that. And, um, I want to. So yeah. No, I'm so. Well, I'm so curious because I feel like now it's like, Instagram like I know my agencies are like clients look at this like your Instagram needs to like look good yeah 
do you and obviously like influencer culture especially in utah and arizona i feel like surprisingly are like such yeah little like they turn we turn out influencers here but like do you feel like how do you feel like instagram has affected like photography and like the artistic side of it man i couldn't this is a dangerous question, Alex, because I could go on and on and on about Perfect. Instagram. You have the floor. <laughs> the floor is yours. Well, I just, when it first came out, I feel like I was in the prime time for it because mm-hmm. I was in junior high, yeah. going into high school. Instagram was just used at the time. I feel like when it first came out, it was for artists. It was very yeah. photography-based. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah, it was very artist-based, and so I was like, oh my gosh, a platform besides, like, a MySpace. album yeah. where I can post my photography and not feel pretentious or dumb. Like, it yeah. felt like a platform that was made for me. Yeah. And so my best friend, Zoe, I don't know if you know Zoe Lazarson. I do, yeah. She's, I know yeah, of her. I've never met her, but yes. She's the best per- I freaking love her. So we grew up together, and we would just go and take pictures together and, like, I would take like it still was like the dumb things of like things in my room or just stuff like that but as time went on we started getting more and more creative and I thought it was such a good space for like inspiration Mm -hmm. because it was an artist-based thing and people were posting art and getting inspiration from that and it was just like it was really expensive for me at the time and I think it was a very pinnacle thing when it first came out for me to explore my own personal style yeah. for the first time and I feel like, like technical yeah I like also find I like Instagram was the first because with Facebook I mean I was on MySpace but I did have a Facebook in fifth mm-hmm. grade like yeah. I feel like it was just you were adding people that you knew in real life like there wasn't yeah. any sense of like the internet friend or yeah. like like I wasn't friends with people on Facebook that lived in New York, but then when Instagram came around, it like opened up this whole new world of like, totally. I, like you said, it was expansive, and I it was expansive in yeah. a community way and an artistic way. And back in the days where we didn't have stories, we couldn't share stories, and yeah, things like that. And it was back when we were doing stupid shout out for shout out. Yeah. And yeah. We were sharing other accounts and it felt like we were all just helping each other get noticed. And for sure. I feel like it started out so healthy and mm. so awesome and inspiring. Yeah. And then people started using it as more of a social media rather than an art. art. Yeah. Um, it still was definitely art based, but it started turning more into a social aspect. Definitely. And then once we got into high school, it became such a status thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. she has a thousand followers. Well, yeah. she has 5,000 followers. And um, I think Zoe just knew how to play the game of like yeah. how to get followers. And I didn't really, I mean, of course I cared about like getting noticed and exposure and whatever at the time, yeah. but I didn't care to like calculate and figure out like how to do the things and um but Zoe just started blowing up and I feel like I kind of piggybacked off of being friends with Zoe and all of the other people who were in that friend group and so I feel like I got kind of a at the time it was a large follower base it was like 6,000 followers and back at the 
like in a day being someone in high school that was a lot at the yeah time. that's a lot to me I I have a hard time fathoming like I don't know I think I have like a thousand and something but I'm like I don't I cannot name a thousand people that I know, I know. like I can so do you know what I mean like it's and I yeah. but I feel like it's also like so warped our perception of like I mean I think the best thing Instagram ever did was where you can hide likes like yeah. truly like I love that <laughs> yeah because it's just like but also for me it's like I mean there definitely was a point in high school where I'm like okay I want to get like 350 likes I want to get 400 likes and like but I'm like I don't even know 400 people but it was like you said like a status thing of like yeah it's so weird so now do you feel like with because obviously you have like a website and you have your portfolio on your website but do you feel like with future clients or do you feel like Instagram is maybe what they look at more than your actual portfolio like on your website unfortunately yes yeah (laughs) um as the years have gone on I feel that Instagram is such a toxic place and once it got bought by Facebook (laughs) I think just turned into something that was not good Mm. for us and yeah as small business owners I feel like we're just kind of getting kicked to the curb and it's almost like Mark Zuckerberg is just like looking down on us being like dance monkey like you're a photographer on a like a photo-based platform but now you have to make videos about your photos and you I was just about this. to say you have yeah. to play by the books to be successful and get all these followers and things and it's, I just know yeah. it's just been so toxic for me in the past and so many of my friends who are influencers literally come crying to me about yeah. the pressure of feeling like they can't even keep express up themselves truly yeah because they're like all oh, my followers don't like it or oh this is outside of what i normally do and it like, it i think bounds creativity in a way especially like yeah on you know tiktok or i think now it's seen with instagram like you have to have a niche and that's how you're you grow and but it's also like okay if you're stuck to a niche and then it's that's it then you can't ever grow or step out of it yeah or explore new things if and it is this really weird I mean, I think we've seen it, like, when Instagram introduced, like, the shop feature and how that's, like, now its own tab. It's, like, very consumer-driven, but in a way, again, that doesn't prioritize small businesses. And it's, like, okay, who can afford Instagram to boost their posts on Instagram and who can – and just even the whole algorithm is so – messed up and now I know that you can go like click who you're following and it'll show in a chronological way but it does make it um like a machine I don't know how to explain it because I'm not I've never like tried influencing and I feel like there's a lot of apathy for influencers are people who are on social media like from the general public but it's so interesting to me actually because now I feel like it's like you have to brand yourself and you have to you have to be the commodity yourself and 
like I think about even like how daily vlogging, how everyone's daily vlogging or even on stories like you're saying or like with reels, it's like, yeah, you're not just shooting anymore. Like you're not just a photographer. Now you also have to be the behind the scenes and you have to show what it's like and you have to to entertain people exactly and it's so like I want to do a study on it so bad about talking to like (laughs) like people who do occupy like these social media spaces in a way that like their livelihood depends on it like yes you're a photographer but you kind of have to depend on Instagram like you can't you know because I think people the commentary is like if it's so toxic just like step away from it but it's like well this is how I'm getting this is how I get paid Yeah, and it is, like, this catch-22. So, ironically enough, then, going back to what you said about this internship, when you started for taking taking photography seriously, it was, like, you actually were hired on as, like, a social media person, and now it's, like, your career depends on social media, which is so twisted. It's so dumb. I feel like I can't escape it. Yeah. Thankfully, I feel that I'm at a point now in my life and my career where I don't have to post on Instagram yeah. to get money and to get clients. And I think a lot of that has to do with me switching to commercial. I was just about to ask, yeah. People and portraits. Um, yeah. But I just want to loop back to what you're saying of you have to brand yourself and become this niche. I think it is important to niche but at the same time, I, I was ranting about this to my boyfriend this week. Yeah. Where I feel like I can't even be myself on Instagram without losing followers because everyone expects you to be one thing. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I long ago stopped caring about followers because I understand it's not personal. People don't, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to see. When I post about, it was recently my sister's birthday. Okay. And I did a post saying happy birthday and blah, blah, blah. And I immediately lost like 30 followers, I noticed. And I was like, I can't even post about my sister's birthday. Yeah. And it's hard because I think the industry that I'm in, I mean, being a fashion photographer and working in the commercial industry, and I feel like my photography style is very moody and like... I don't know how to describe it, but I yeah. feel like my aesthetic kind of gets looped in with like the mysterious girl who doesn't really say much or the manic it, pixie dream girl. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not her. I'm just not her. Like yeah. what I want to shoot and how I express myself is very much that style, but me myself is so much more than that. Definitely. And I hate having to feel like I can't even show my personality because the people who follow me expect that mysterious girl, but I'm very outspoken. I have a lot of political beliefs and I want to talk about those things and I want to talk about my sister's birthday and I want to tell dumb jokes and I want to share dumb experiences and all these things. And every time I do, I just... I feel like I, I mean, it's always, and I'm like, 100%. how do you expect everyone to just be perfect? And, and, but I think that's like kind of also too, like, listen, Mark Zuckerberg, don't come for my throat, but it is this <laughs> thing where it's like, I mean, hi, Elon Musk. I, I just bought Twitter for an insane amount of money and like King, yeah. whatever, congratulations. Yeah. Like you have an obscene amount of wealth, but for, it's also though the thing of like, 
those platforms now and I don't know if they ever were even designed to have hold spaces for actual meaningful conversations like for me I think about in the summer of 2020 when black people were being murdered and it you know like I as somebody whose father is black and who has like black older brothers and an older sister like half of my family is black like that was a very scary and real thing for me and like I posted about it and I remember it just the purge of followers like literally like hundreds and yeah it was just like okay but now even like I feel like when I post something that's quote-unquote political for me it's just like a human rights thing like the fact that it's been politicized is a whole different discussion but I have a second thought of like, well, will clients not want to work with me because of this? And should I not say this? Like, especially as a model, it's like, just stand in front of the camera, darling. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's, It's really interesting, though. But it's also like, I think that's the point, though. It's like models. It's shocking. Models are people. Photographers are people. We all have opinions and are affected by real things. But and it's you're more than just a business. Yeah. Oh, we've talked about so much and we haven't even gotten into like the questions that I have right now. I feel like it's important to talk about this stuff. No, it is. And I'm glad it's not something I think that I would have necessarily thought to bring up. Yeah. Because I feel like in my head, I'm like, I don't want to talk. No, I'm glad we talked about it. But I'm like, I, I don't know. There's so much. We're all like little hamsters on a wheel. Like I'm like social media, bad, bad, bad. But also it has become so much a part of our lives, especially in like if you're creative, it kind of is how you can get clients, get discovered. So you said now that you've started shooting commercial, which you feel like has given the liberty to not have to rely so much on Instagram. How did you begin getting clients? Like I know you work with James Street. We love regularly no like actually but how how did that work of like building a clientele and not having to depend on mark zuckerberg (laughs) Um, yeah yeah Yeah, well when i was working at that um intern i guess so that internship at that photography studio was only an internship for i want to say maybe a month before they hired me on as a team member, which was awesome because they very rarely hired people on. So I was like, so amazing. I was so excited. Um, So I kind of watched them and how they interacted with clients and just kind of the processes, things to look out for, um, kind of how they got burned (laughs) and kind of just kind of took a seat in the back and just observed for a little bit. Um, while I was doing social media, hating my life, hating, hating, hating my life. But sometimes if something came up where um, they had a client that wanted them to shoot something, but it was something that they felt I would be good at, they would kind of have me as a backup of, uh, what's the word, a referral, I guess they would refer them to me. Yeah. Um, That only happened like once or twice. So I remember my first shoot happened for another luxury knitwear yeah. company called Skidco and oh, I freaking love the creator and yeah everyone. but it was so awesome because it was the first like 
fashion editorial lookbook that I shot mm. that just gave me the confidence that I needed where I'm like, I'm done doing social media. Like yes. this is showing me that I can do it. And yeah. at the, at the time it was a lot of money for what I thought. Um, like it was the most that I made from a project and I was like, Oh my gosh, I can do this. Like it just yeah. gave me win sales where I'm like, I am like slowly killing myself and my creativity being yeah. whipped into social media. I can't keep doing this anymore. Yeah. So I ended up having a talk with my boss and just saying, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be doing social media. I came here to leave social media. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> I just wrapped in it even more than before. And I just sure. can't do it for my mental health. And he was like, well, what do you want to be doing? And I was like, I want to be shooting. I want to be doing projects with you. And yeah. he said I wasn't good enough. Oh, damn. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it just yeah. felt like such a burn because I felt like artistically, I was so at the level that I needed to be at. Sure, I could have learned a little bit more about lighting and yeah. things like that. But you had the, the vision. I felt ready. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't have taken that long to kind of train me in this is our technical process of mm. how we just all of the backside things of uploading what to name the folders and yeah. what programs to use and things like that. But so I ended up quitting and I started doing photography on the side again okay. for myself and outside of that media company. Um, but it wasn't enough to make money. Yeah all the way. So I wasn't full time. So I was working in a clothing store. I felt like I was working a career at 18. Yeah. And then I just took like five steps back. And so it was just a lot of like, so excited. And then I felt like I was just five steps back, three steps forward, five steps back. Yeah. And it was just, it was that way for a few years. Um, and then fast forward, I did a couple of other jobs. I got a job at um, this awesome event space called U West that's in Sugar House. Okay. And I was doing event coordination and helping with rentals and helping the owner kind of just run the space in general. Yeah. And I had been familiar with how to run a space by working at the other photography studio. And so I helped her and her photographer, she also owns a bidders company called Honest John. Okay. And her photographer just didn't show up one day because he was hungover. <laughs> and so I said, hey, I take pictures. I can do this shoot if you need to do it today. Yeah. So, oh, God, are you serious? Like, that would be awesome. So I, like, ran home, got my camera, came back, did the shoot, and she was, like, blown away. Amazing. And so I started working for her regularly for her um, commercial business and her event space. And so... Um, that was around the time that I met my boyfriend. My boyfriend and I, on our first date, he said he wanted to open an artist space, and I said, "Shut up! I want to art. I want to start my own photography space someday." Yeah. We jokingly shook that we we're gonna start a studio together someday. And now you're now you're in it. And now <laughs> Literally, I'm actually in it. <laughs> yeah. It's not even like a year later, and I know a lot of people look at it and everyone assumes that we're married because right? they're like who would start a business with their boyfriend like this and yeah I mean it on paper it sounds really dumb <laughs> to start a business and especially a business like that with yeah. a partner but I didn't like with with who he is there's no way he could ever like neither of us would do anything to inspire yeah yeah inspire like so 
Thank God it worked out really well. I would not recommend starting a business with a partner. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, so you're like, sure. Yeah. But... Yeah. You're like, okay, so contrary to what I just said, this only works for the two of us. <laughs> like <laughs> nobody else. Us. <laughs> yeah. But so I um, got him a job at the event space I was working out with. And then his mom was struggling with cancer at the time. So we were taking care of his mom, spending time with her and working together. And I was just sleeping over at his family's house. And we wanted to start doing photography together. We were going to start shooting weddings and whatever as a couple. Because he's an artist who went to art school when he was living in Paris. And he just has always had an awesome eye for everything. And so we're going to start shooting together. But when we were at his house, we couldn't like focus on anything because we were trying to be so attentive to his mom and his family yeah. and cleaning the house and things like that. And um, so we kind of manifested an office space for ourselves. We're like, we need just a space outside of our houses that we can just work on things and it's just our place. Yeah. And so when I was working at the event space, I came into contact with these girls who got an office in the building that our studio is at now. Yeah. We subleased one of the smaller offices in their suite um, for, I think, three months. Mm. And at the time, the whole building was vacant. Um, and we went down the hall and we looked into the window that our studio is at now. And my boyfriend was like, Steph, don't look in here. You're going to want this whole suite because it's yeah. like perfect. No, like, it is. You have the most beautiful up. studio. <laughs> and at the time, it was really ugly. Like, we did a lot of renovations to yeah. it. And I, and it was really fun to do renovations and stuff. But so transitioning, this is going back. I swear this ties into your question. No, 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 no. <laughs> so we were working at US at the time. And we decided that we were going to pursue this lease in pursuing our own studio space. We weren't going to have time to work both that job and starting a studio and juggling mom with cancer on top of it. So came back to our boss and we're like, listen, this is what we're going to do. Unfortunately, we don't think we're going to be able to work for you in running a space and things like that, but we would love to continue friendship and relationship with you and if you still need work done for honest john we would love to do this for you yeah so we ended up signing her on as a retainer client and a retainer client is someone that you work with on a regular basis Mm. for a guaranteed amount of money each month got it so doing that in itself covered the rent for the studio okay um so that's how we established the studio and um when we opened the studio and we were done doing renovations and everything, that was when I went full-time with photography. Got it. At the time, I was still doing portraits and things like that. Did that for two years. We opened the studio in 2018, and then 2020 happens. We're only <laughs> two and starting our business. Everyone's, everyone, everyone <laughs> I've talked to, it's like, and then 2020 happened. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Happened, yeah. Everything <laughs> just went to shit. Yeah. So, um... I'm just so mad that the pandemic happened, literally. So I had finally moved out to Salt Lake. I was living by myself uh, for a few months before my boyfriend ended up moving in with me. Yeah. But I'm finally feeling like, okay, I'm transitioning into adulthood. I only started the studio when I was 20, was I 22? Oh my God. That's like my age right now. I cannot even, yeah. 
I was a little baby. Um, even though I'm 25, I still am pretty much That's a such baby, a, but... like, developmental <laughs> phase, though. Like, 22 yes. to 25. Especially, I feel like, with the past three years, I feel like everyone's personal development has... I mean, I feel like I have changed a lot more in the past totally. couple of and years. And change even more. Yeah. I, it's so crazy how yeah. much change happens in those just vulnerable years where For you're sure. trying to figure out how to function as an adult and be self-sufficient. Yeah. And so I was just barely starting to feel like I was an adult and paying rent for the first time, starting a business that also required overhead and rent and things like that to cover and I did all of the things at a really young age so when 2020 and pandemic and all these things started happening it was such a vulnerable time for me already yeah and so with COVID we shut down the studio for I think four months yeah we didn't have any rentals we were paying for our rent out of pocket yeah um I wasn't shooting because I, at the time, because I had asthma and some heart issues, and so, like, I cannot get COVID before the vaccine comes out because it, I could be someone who could be really affected by this, either totally. if I die or if I have long-term health effects and things like that, so we're yeah. taking it really, really serious, and we were running out of money because we were just living off of our savings, Yeah. and being a studio photographer, I truly could not shoot portraits at that time because... I can't be unmasked in a small room with someone and just be feel okay about it at the time. So yeah. not shooting, literally living off of our savings. And we didn't get any government help until two days. We finally got qualified for unemployment two days after we announced that we were reopening <laughs> the studio. Yeah. I'm like, well, there's no going back. We have to open. We already announced. Yeah. At the time, I didn't know that we could go back and get the funds that we would have qualified for as we were waiting to get approved. Yeah. So we never saw a single penny of help from the government Yeah. and our accounts were just getting drained. So I was like, I have to do something to make us money because we are genuinely about to lose our business Yeah. and maybe even have to move back home with Nick's dad or yeah. things like that. So I felt like everything, this empire that we were building was just crumbling around us and just being taken by us or yeah. taken from us. So that was when I really focused on commercial mm. because I figured out, oh, I can reach out to brands, ask yeah. them if they need photos, and they can send product to me in my apartment and I can literally just shoot Do it that way. Stuff in my apartment yeah. and not have to leave. And so I was doing that during COVID and I also started working with a business coach who helped me learn how to price myself and the structure of working with commercial and my worth, basically. I figured out my worth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So genuinely, COVID was the best worst thing that has ever happened to me Mm. because I ended up tripling my original income that I was making from photography anyway. Yeah. Because commercial has so much more opportunities with income and um I'm sure too like um maybe 
getting repeating clients because there's new lines yeah Yeah. versus if you're just doing portrait it's like not you're not going to come in like every month to get a portrait done i mean unless you're working with influencers yeah (laughs) actually true that really happened and i mean yeah you just yeah it's so all over the place when you're a portrait and wedding photographer you just have to hope that you get booked yeah and you have to continuously post on instagram and continuously reach out to people or not reach out to people but just remind people that you're there yeah and with commercial you have so much power in your hands to reach out to brands specifically yeah say hey this is what i can create for you i have this awesome idea yeah if you want to send me some product i'd be happy to do it for you for this amount of money and you have so much more control and even creatively a big reason why I tripled my income was because I realized that there's so much more that goes into being a photographer than just shooting oh the hours spent editing I mean I'm friends with Rachel and she's a photographer and it's hours on end like hours on end yeah and even just going through all the photos, picking the selects, and then yeah. it's, a, it's a lot more than just like a five-hour, 12-hour, whatever it may be, shoot day, yeah. you know? Yeah. There's a lot it's, of back work that I think isn't um, acknowledged, maybe, I think, you absolutely. know? Especially yeah. if, yeah. It's just the tip of the iceberg. For sure. for a two-hour shoot that I do, I could spend 12 hours editing. Definitely. And I remember people asking me, oh my gosh, you must be such an extrovert because you're always around people and shooting. You're like, it's me and my computer, babe. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, no, I feel like I have a really good personality to be a photographer because I'm I'm the most extroverted of the introverts. So I'm mostly Mm. introverted, but I still can get fueled by interaction with people and things like that. But then I need that downtime to edit and kind For of sure. take like two days in between shoots to just be by myself and recoup from the social interaction of the shoot because it is really draining. A lot. Things um, like that. But so I'm curious, and I'm trying to think how I want to phrase this. Mm, let me think. Because you mentioned, and I feel like a lot of people within this industry or you know, any really entertainment-based or any freelance work even, not even necessarily related to fashion, feel the, like, three steps forward, five steps back, three steps forward, five steps back. And especially if you're freelancing, there's... I mean, I know you have your retainer clients, but can be kind of a lull of, like, one month you're super busy, and then you don't hear... Like, even with modeling, it's like, okay, you can have a really great month, and then the next four months, you're not getting anything. And... But I'm curious how, because listening to it now and kind of seeing the timeline, I do have this sense of like things kind of fell into place. Like you happen to find a studio space that you really liked. The, God bless him, man, that was hung over. The one day couldn't <laughs> shoot for the bitter company. And then that gave you that opportunity. And, you know, even with your boss saying like, oh, you're not good enough for this, but you having had the confidence from doing that one shoot of like, oh, I can do it. It seems like things fell into place. And I know obviously in real time, it doesn't feel like that. And it feels like everything is chaotic and unpredictable. And it is to some extent, it's only like looking back in hindsight, can you kind of connect the dots? But you had mentioned at the beginning of this interview that you 
you know, were Mormon and then had left the church and then had um, kind of gone into new age spirituality or not necessarily new age, but, mm-hmm. you know, spirituality. More Eastern religion. Yeah. Than yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm curious then if you feel like, I don't know, I kind of want to talk to you about your belief system and how that's with something that is so unpredictable as creative work, if you felt, because I feel like a lot of models have like a, and you even said like, oh, I manifested this or like, oh, you know I what I mean? Manifestation is my belief system. Okay. Because I, I, but I, I'm so, I'm so interested in it because I feel like, well, one, I feel like if you were to like go on TikTok and like look up manifestation, it's the very like, just write things down and then they'll happen, guys. Yeah. You just have yeah. to think it. We're in, I think of manifestation more as like an operation for setting goals and like really knowing what you want and then following it. But I feel like it can be such a secure and at least for me, sometimes delusional way of thinking, but it's like kind of what helps you not lose it. Do you know what I mean? Like if somebody, I mean, modeling is, listen, I'm so grateful I can do it. I'm not trying to be like, it's so hard, you guys. Like I'm, But it is hard. And there are times like leaving castings where I'm like, why do I even bother? Like, why am I even trying this? And if someone were to look, if a casting director like your boss did, looked me in the face and said, you're not good enough. Bye. That would be the end of it for me. Like, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm done. (laughs) You know what I mean? But did you have the sense? I guess what I'm really trying to ask is like, have you had a sense of like, Oh my God, it sounds so dumb to be like destiny and you knew, but like, dude, you have a sense of like, I know, like you said, I know I can do this and like, I know it's going to happen. Yeah. I just, I kind of want to just pick your brain about that. I know I didn't ask a direct question, but I guess to open the dialogue. This is, I genuinely, everything that you're saying is what I can think for where I'm at. I feel Mm -hmm. like, um, after growing up Mormon, I, talking about the church and leaving Mormonism, I guess I should say the LDS church. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm not like I'm just, yeah. No, no, no. But like, yeah. after growing up Mormon and then realizing the history behind it and just, I don't want to offend anyone who might be listening who is LDS, but I just knew it wasn't for me. Yeah. And, and after learning where the church stems from, what it was based on, and even the teachings that they teach now, today, even though they're still, like, they've come a long way, but still, there's just so much behind it that I, I can't get behind, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, and then switching into more Eastern, I can't say, like, it's not like I was like, I went from Mormon to Buddhist. Like, I'm not that girl, but, like, yeah. I realized that I felt way closer to whatever God or power behind the universe is or whatever you want to call it. I felt way closer to that when I was meditating and connecting Mm. with myself and just having no expectations than I ever did when I was sitting in a church pew or listening to a religious leader speak. Yeah. And And I'll just say this because I've left the church too. And hi, Mm -hmm. therapists have said I have religious trauma. And absolutely. For me, absolutely. I'm like, how? And I feel like I, because of course, <laughs> I mean, listen, whenever something goes 
wrong. I'm like, well, it's my fault then. Like, how yes. come I am leaving this church with religious trauma and other people? It gives them so yeah. much peace. And I think I just, like, what has helped me, and I feel like to add as a disclaimer, like, different things work for different people. And it's not to yeah. say, like, you guys are dumb <laughs> or you guys not are dumb totally. or you guys are dumb. It is, but it is different things resonate with different people and I it's the same reason that when you're meditating that gives you more peace that would not work for god bless them my sweet grandparents who go to church every Sunday you know I get that 100% but do you think then switching more to like meditation and I guess leaning on yourself maybe to say like did did that yeah yeah I I started trying more, mm. and I think yeah. religion can make people just wait around for things and be like, oh, it's in God's hands. If yeah. it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And yeah. I, I guess I do believe in destiny and a plan or, like, lessons you're supposed to learn in your life yeah. or whatever. I guess I still believe in a little bit of that, but there is – I mostly believe in – if you want something, you can manifest it. It's not just saying, I'm going to do this out loud and writing things down. It's the actual mindset that has to go along with it. For of, sure. This is what I'm going to do and I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. I think that in itself and the power behind believing in yourself yeah. and yeah. comfortable and knowing that you are deserving of that, there's a way to figure it out. I think after starting the studio, I, 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 Develop this mindset also of if someone has done it, if I look at someone and I feel jealous that they're where I want to be yeah. or just feeling pity of like, oh, I wish I could do this, but I don't think I could or things like that. I've kind of switched my mindset to if someone has done it, that means it can be done and I just need to figure out how to do it. Oh, I love that. A hundred percent. And it felt so just the idea of starting a studio I felt like it was going to happen for me. Yeah. But I thought I was going to be in my mid thirties. Yeah. When it happened. Yeah. I did not have any idea that it would fall into my lap and the way that it did, because it genuinely feel like everything, every little puzzle piece just fell into place Yeah. after I set that intention and said out loud, like literally just that dumb little handshake that I made with my boyfriend on our first, like actual day, I guess it was our second date. Yeah. We're going to start our own space someday. That like led us to so many opportunities that set it up to where we were able to be receptive to what was meant for us, if that makes sense. 100%. Because I, I think it's like, listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> it's like confidence is such a funny thing. I don't think it's as straightforward. I know people say fake it until you make it. Mm-hmm. But that is kind of true. Like, I do think there is, you just really have to believe in yourself. And it's hard. That process looks different for everybody. But it's like you could be missing out on, like, okay, actually, my agent, my mother agency was like, you need to go out to New York. Like, we're going to do a scouting trip. We're going to meet agencies. And I was like, I'm not ready. Like, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think I can do it. And thankfully, I have an agent who's like, yeah, no, you're doing it. Like, and they care about me. And they're like, we're actually this is the date so clear a schedule and you're gonna go and now I have an agency in New York and have worked in New York but you know I didn't like thankfully somebody else had the belief in me when I didn't 
But if that was another maybe shitty agent who, like, didn't really care and was like, oh, she's not interested, then... Like, that could have gone very bad, let me just say. And I'm really grateful for Naya and their team and that they are invested in me. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, if it was another agent and I wasn't open or wasn't, you know, receptive to what could have happened, hasta la vista, there goes my contract. You know what I mean? I, you, so I actually am curious because (laughs) that's how I lead with every question. I'm curious, (laughs) but I am. Um, You, I don't think it's launched yet, your educational course. Mm -mm. Okay. Can I get an insider scoop? Is that okay? (laughs) I'm like, I, I, I'm curious though, if a part of like the lessons, I guess is the appropriate word. If part of that is kind of helping people build confidence and belief in themselves. Yeah. Well, I think I do want to speak on a little nugget of what you said. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you will never feel ready. Yeah. <laughs> you will never feel ready for yeah. anything because I mean, what causes us to grow is discomfort, right? Right. And it is natural for humans to want to avoid discomfort at all costs yeah especially us as anxious human beings yeah I, I, i'm pretty sure do you have an anxiety oh, disorder also general yeah. anxiety baby yeah. panic yeah, attack yeah. since i was a kid yeah so it is just wired in our brain to ignore like get away from anything that feels discomforting or that's going to be hard. And that's yeah. just human nature in general. And it's even more compounded when you have an anxiety disorder. And yeah. Even as a model too, like I can't even imagine. Oh, yeah. Like your, <laughs> you, it is so personal. Yeah. Your business is so personal because it is your essence. It is your physical appearance. Personality, it is, even it's, personality, it's you. Yeah. It is such a vulnerable, vulnerable industry to be in so I have so much just I just feel for you guys so much oh my gosh you can imagine like how vulnerable that would be but I just want to say like you'll never feel ready I did not feel ready for the studio even though everything was putting it in my lap yeah yeah after working now with so many people who have started businesses and started their own brands or things like that they're just normal people. Yeah, yeah. And after working with them, I'm just like, you don't have to be this guru. You don't have to be this like super put together and just, I don't know. You don't have to be the it girl. You don't have to be the it person or yeah. have everything in line before you start something because what's important is just doing it and living in that discomfort because yeah. genuinely you will never be ready. Uh, definitely I mean insider scoop but also like <laughs> like literally the night before like my agent had convinced me the plane tickets were bought like everything was ready and the night before I had like a panic attack that lasted all through the night and I <laughs> literally like a mad woman drove over to my boyfriend's house the door was locked I like went through their gate through the garage like the, I'm not kidding like I'm like psychotic <laughs> But I told him, like, I'm not going. I can't do this. And he was like, no, you're going. Like, you are going to do this. And, like, I'm so glad there's people in my life who believe in me. 
but it is yeah you just have to take the leap of faith and now looking back I'm so glad that I did but had I allowed the anxiety and discomfort to let me quit essentially then that would have been it and I wouldn't have had you know all the experiences and on the other hand you wouldn't have had your studio or everything else yeah but so for our last topic because we are running out of time I could talk to you for literally hours Steph I love you so much um you'll come on again that's how I feel with all of my guests I'm like okay so when can you come on again um but yeah I guess insider scoop model student exclusive about your education program that's going to be launching yeah, Just give so us the whole spiel. The whole spiel. Okay, so I'm finally dipping my toes into education, <laughs> which I'm so nervous and so excited about because, like, I've it's I just I want to help people so bad. That's yeah. like why I'm doing it. I've avoided it for so long because I've seen so many education courses, and I feel like it's like the thing for photographers mm. to do right now, and especially during pandemic, everyone's like, "We want passive income," and blah blah blah. But yeah. it's like. I generally, I really want to help people. I've been working on this course for literally like a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. And I just keep putting it off, putting it off because I don't, I genuinely don't really care about like, oh, passive income. Sure. That's great. But like, yeah, I want it to genuinely help people. Yeah. I don't want to just like pump out a product and say, awesome. Here you go. I don't really care if you get anything out of this give me your money. Totally. And I feel like so many of those are out there where I just, I don't know. So I've been really apprehensive about doing it before because I I didn't want anyone to feel like I was coming from that position of like, yeah. oh, she, she just wants money or whatever. Yeah. But I have been perfecting this for like a year and a half now. Yay. I was supposed to launch it this last fall. Um, and I just, I want to make sure that it's ready. So I don't have a launch date yet, but okay. it will be a starter course on how to get into commercial photography because it was such a game changer for me in my business because I literally almost quit photography. I've been doing it as a job in trade for money for about eight years now. Okay. And it took a lot of trial and error and tears and frustrations and just being mad at clients that it wasn't even their fault. I just wasn't like, I wasn't doing what I could have been doing to make things go more smoothly and things like that. Like I just, there was a lot of struggle in those eight years to get where I am now. Yeah. This course is going to kind of just, it's going to be the starter kit that has everything in it where it's going to teach you the benefits of switching to commercial photography. I will amp you the fuck up and say, you don't have to shoot weddings. You don't (laughs) have to deal with like yeah. hot summer days and screaming babies and like all these things like you can do commercial photography and yeah. shoot fashion editorials and be doing work for magazines and things like that you don't have to be trapped in an industry you don't feel like you belong to because mm-hmm. I felt like I was trapped and trying to mold into something that wasn't for me for so long yeah so that's the whole purpose of this is helping people realize they don't have to work in an industry that they don't belong in. Yeah. And I'm just going to map out all of the things that go into it, like what to do and say to book clients. Yeah. The power of reaching out and niching down and like why it's so important to reach out. Yeah. Uh, 
negotiating prices, pricing structure of when to use what type of pricing structure, yeah. use, use what should be in your contract, um, things like how to deliver your photos, how to make sure you don't get screwed over by your brands, just yeah. everything. It's just going to be a starter kit. Um, a crash course, what everyone a needs. A crash course. And yeah. I'm really excited about it because it's a course that will directly lead you into making money it's not just something that's like here's how i use lighting and here's totally how here's I, my preset <laughs> here's posing here's my preset so yeah. it's genuinely gonna it's gonna be it's legit that set up your whole career so i'm really really excited about it because it's something that i'm really passionate about and something i wish that i had so many years ago yeah so i want to like i want to make sure that people don't go through what i did yeah there are so many people quitting photography and even though they're amazing artists because they feel like they can't make money doing what they love to do and what yeah. they're good at creating and I just I don't want that to happen to anyone else so that's why I'm starting course and why I'm creating it and I'm just I so love it, about it. <laughs> if there are any like prospective perspective I said that word perspective photographers I feel like you just sold them like you sold me and I'm not even a photographer <laughs> I'm like okay I'll get the camera like I'll go out um you're just such a joy to be around I know this is just over zoom but like every time I'm within your vicinity whether that be digitally or actually in real life you just you make me feel so good about myself and I feel like that's I mean I feel thankful and that a lot of photographers I've worked with have that ability but you really are just special and I appreciate you so much and thank you for being here today I it was such a again joy to talk to you and learn from you and are there any closing remarks in our final four minutes that you want to oh share <laughs> well first off thank you so much for having me yeah I, all of the things that you said I feel exactly about you and I'm just so excited that you're doing this podcast and I think it's really important for people in this industry to be hearing from people who are working within it. And so I'm really yeah. glad that you're doing this. And Thank I'm really, you. really glad you had me on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Model Student. Don't forget to leave a rating and review and I'll talk to you soon.